0: Okay, please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 24, Acts chapter 24, and it was a very quick recap as to where we are thus far. And last week we ended in verse, I think it was 22, which I'll read to you in a moment. But Paul has been detained against his will for around 12 days, and I mean just that. He was detained, he was arrested, and organized religion is officially reporting Paul for being a so-called cult leader and a heretic, and yet the truth of the matter is, is that he was correct, he was very much in the will of the Lord, and it was his cohorts, if you will, his colleagues from a jury that were on the wrong side of the Lord, and therefore they have taken it upon themselves to report Paul to a pagan Gentile leader. Talk about ironic. By verse 5 from Acts 24, he has been referred to as a ringleader, a ringleader. Not the ringleader, but a ringleader, which shows me that he was one of many leaders in the early church, which rules out Peter being the so-called first pope. But it's very interesting to me when we look at Acts 22, 23, 24 and 25, because Paul has been summoned. Paul has been detained and Paul has been expected to give a defense of himself to his, on the one hand, unsaved Jewish colleagues, can I say, and on the other hand... To unsaved, Gentile, superstitious leaders. And this is spoken about in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And I can vouch for that, that preaching on the street is foolishness. It's a big joke. And people look at us and they think they need to get a life. And yet what life would they suggest that we should have? And also from... 1 Corinthians chapter 1 For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. There's no doubt that to preach Christ crucified was and is a stumbling block to the Jews, but to the Greeks, to those from civilization, to the Gentiles, it is foolishness. And therefore the Lord gets great glory when he sits back and watches one of his saints preach the gospel. Foolishness to the world, a stumbling block to the Jews, and yet the Lord, as I say, takes great delight when he gets to see one of his people preach the gospel. Also from First Corinthians chapter one, twenty-five. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man, absolutely true, and one last quote from First Corinthians chapter one before we get into acts twenty four But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. It's all about grace. And when I say grace, I mean God's righteousness at Christ's expense or God's riches at Christ's expense. So here we are in Acts 24. And uh, just let you know, this is broadcast number 55. This is week number 55. This is month number 13. It's hard to believe. And uh, you think to yourself, where's the time gone? Well, indeed. Some years ago, a well-known American preacher was given the task to teach the word of God. And he said to his sponsors that he could do it in five years. And some of those uh, broadcasts were very interesting. And I've heard some of them over the years. But what's interesting to me is that it took him five years to teach the entire Bible. And yet yours truly has been on his feet for the last 55 weeks. And hasn't yet finished Acts the Apostles. Just one book out of the entire Bible. And that great brother, who's now the Lord, when he went through the entire Bible, would skip many verses and say something on the lines of, "Read these verses in your own time." Now, I guess to be fair to him, he thought to himself, "I can't do the entire Bible in five years. It would take maybe 15 years to do the entire Bible. So I will give a overview of the Bible, and understand that." But my goal, my aim, 13 months ago, was to read through the entire book of Acts of the Apostles, and it's been a great blessing, and it. Remains a great blessing for me to do this, but it shows me how much uh, substance is in the Word of God. How much meat is there for the taking? And therefore, my goal has been to read these verses and to offer a simple, easy-to-understand interpretation of Acts of the Apostles, which, again, is an historical book. Yes, you can take some of these verses doctrinally, but if you do so, weigh them up. ...in light of the Pauline epistles. The best thing to do with actually apostles... ...if you've just come across these broadcasts... ...or this particular broadcast... ...is to spiritualise them. Read them. Examine them. Try and cross-reference them... ...if you can, back to the Gospels and the epistles. And if you can, get some uh, doctrinal application from them. Go for it. But I put it to you this morning that... ...from Acts 21 to Acts 28... ...you're going to look at historical material... ...and therefore, as a Bible teacher... As a student of scripture, I will suggest that you read these verses and get some spiritual application from them. So Acts 24, last week we closed in verse 22. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysis, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. He's very much piggy in the middle. And Felix, just for the record, was the successor of Pontius Pilate, I'm not sure from the top of my head if he replaced him straight away. But he's certainly in that line of Roman leaders. And this individual was a very ungodly man. And I'll come to that in a moment. But what you've got here is Paul the Apostle, a saved Jew, being uh, critiqued, being put on trial, if you will, by his Jewish cohorts, his Jewish colleagues. He went to school with some of these men. And he's been held against his will for 12 days and Ananias the high priest has now arrived From verse 1 with Tertullus, an orator And it's their goal To not only report Paul for being A heretic, uh, for being a Ringleader of a sect, so on and so forth But it's their goal to try and put Paul To death, and for me that's a great picture Of treason, because you've got Jews Reporting on Jews You've got Jews trying to trip up Jews And you've got this individual Felix very much, Piggy in the middle And the last thing he wants to do is get caught up In religious matters. And yet that's exactly what is going to occur. And Paul is very much in the will of the Lord. Look at verse 23 please. And he commanded Centurion to keep Paul. And to let him have liberty. And that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. Like Nebuchadnezzar was very kind to Jeremiah. So Felix is going to be very kind to the Apostle Paul. To be fair to Felix... He doesn't know what's going on here. He's got this man called Paul the Apostle being presented to him. A very eloquent individual. And yet he's got a jury. He's got organised religion infuriated with Paul the Apostle's preaching. And Paul of course was winning Jews and Gentiles to the Lord left, right and centre. So he's going to be kind to Paul. And no doubt the Lord was behind his kindness. And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul, and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. One of the things about Acts of the Apostles is the attention to detail. And I'll say this to you, that if you read the Word of God regularly, if you read the Quran, or have read the Quran, or any of these so-called holy books outside of the Word of God, if there's one thing which puts the Bible above all of the other so-called holy books, is the attention to detail. And on top of that, they name people. I mean, the writers of the Word of God, the writers of the Bible, name people. Felix, An historical character. Drusilla. An historical character. In fact, Drusilla was the youngest of King Agrippa's three daughters. And King Agrippa was responsible for John the Baptist's murder. Christ's crucifixion. And he was responsible for the death. For the murder. For the martyrdom of James, the son of Zebedee. So these are real people. And yet when I speak to my Muslim friends, quote-unquote, or those from other religions... I'd like to say to them, can you prove that your people really existed? Because as far as I'm concerned, there's not much evidence that Muhammad really existed. And yet, when you read the word of God, if you take the time to look at ancient civilization, if you look at those from the first century or the second century, like Josephus, an unsaved Jew, or Philip the Younger, an unsaved Roman, both individuals wrote about Jesus Christ. And Josephus is studied by Jews to this day. And he is quoted by secular and religious historians as a credible source. And he told you, Josephus that is, that Christ lived. That he died. That he was resurrected. And yet Josephus didn't even believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And therefore when I read about people like Felix and Drusilla, I am once again convinced that the word of God is Simply divine in origin. Why would you write such a thing? Why would you tell us of such people if they didn't exist? And go back to my earlier point that I've made over the last 53 weeks or 13 months. That had you lived in the first century. And had you read the word of God in the first century. You could have gone to Capernaum, Galilee, Jerusalem. And inquired about those that were eyewitnesses to the resurrected Christ. And here, had you been reading Acts of the Apostles. You could have written to perhaps Felix or Drusilla and asked them, did you really get to meet Paul the Apostle? Did he really come into your presence? But Felix was a wicked man. He was ungodly. And he was able to entice Drusilla, away from her husband, to be his wife. And according to history, Drusilla and her son died around 72 AD. They were victims of a volcano, of all things. And once again, you can affirm that these people were real, that they lived... And died. So here, Paul has come into contact with Felix and Drusilla, verse 24, which was a Jewess, going back to Agrippa the first. And he sent to Paul and heard him concern the faith in Christ. This is a picture of witnessing. And yet, Paul didn't volunteer to witness to these these people. He was detained for 12 days. Yes, he was looked after, no doubt. Fed and clothed. uh, Allowed to see his friends and colleagues. But nevertheless, he was arrested. He was detained. But I love verse 25. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. That's a great picture of witnessing. And witnessing so much so that your recipient trembles. And I've watched... Uh, news broadcasts over the years and I've seen some of these high profile funerals and I've seen politicians and pop stars and entrepreneurs receiving a great Christian burial quote-unquote and I thought to myself wouldn't it be great if the priest or the pastor was to preach the gospel I mean really preach the gospel I mean denounce some of those people in the church just imagine for one moment you got a priest or a vicar saying and I can see a well-known sodomite down there, and I can see a well-known adulterer down there, and I can see a well-known fornicator down there, and if you repent, you're going to perish. Wouldn't that be great? I know it's not going to happen, never will happen, but wouldn't it be great just to see such a thing occur? Wouldn't it be great to see a well-known uh, congregation be rebuked? And I see a well-known feminist down there, and I see a well-known evolutionist down there, and I see a well-known Muslim down there, unless you repent, you're going to perish. Wouldn't it be just great to watch that? I remember some years ago watching A well-known event coming from America after the 9-11 events. And I think it was Washington Cathedral for memory. And all the top brass were there. You had presidents, former presidents, prime ministers, former prime ministers, ambassadors, so on and so forth. And they all got up and they were all consoling one another about the awful events that took place that week. Which is fair enough. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great, just wonderful, if somebody got up and preached the gospel. I mean, preached the entire gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ how that Christ came to die for our sins, and how he's buried, and after three days was raised from the dead, and if you believe that you're saved, and if you don't, you're damned. Wouldn't it be great to hear that? And of course I watch these old apostates get up, these old heretics get up, one after the other, like a tag team, preaching about how merciful God is, which of course he is, and how loving he is, which of course he is, but of course I don't explain that to you, that his love is conditional on you receiving his son. And if you don't receive his son, you're damned. In the present tense as well. And I watch these well-known individuals getting up and pretty much tickling the ears of the congregation. I thought, what a great disservice. And I wasn't even saved then. I mean, I was on the cusp of being saved. And I thought to myself, even then as an unsaved man, what is going on here? Why not preach the gospel? Turn or burn? Repent or perish? Got the entire world watching. And yet I've watched some of these Islamic services over the years. And they preach what they believe. I watched those in uh, Palestinian territories. And when they get up and speak about one of their... Uh, individuals passing away, they really do preach what they believe. And I watch some of these leaders like Arafat and Abbas standing up and reading from their so-called holy book and giving praise to their God. And yet when I watch Christians getting up in the pulpit, so-called Christians reading from a book which they don't really believe and speaking about a God which they don't really believe in, it's just pitiful, absolutely pitiful. And such apostates are going to burn. But here, 25 a great scripture, one more time. And as he reasoned, Paul, of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Why? Because Felix took Drusilla to be his wife, who was already married, to somebody else. They are in adultery. And therefore he trembles. And I've seen this once or twice over the last 14 years, when I've been on the streets witnessing to people. It's very rare. But I've seen it a couple of times, and people have been trembling And I think we live in a generation now where people are very good at lying. Meaning this, that you can preach the gospel to unsaved people, and they can say to you, well that's just your opinion, or I don't particularly care. They can laugh in your face, and yet inside they are probably quaking. I think people are very good at putting on a face. People like to pretend that they're not overly concerned with what you've just told them. And yet they are absolutely shaken with fury, with anger, with fear inside I remember some years ago, a sister telling me that she was going through her local town one Saturday afternoon, and there was a street preacher preaching. And he was preaching such a strong message that she was absolutely infuriated with him. And she went over to almost assault him. And her lover, lover at the time, her boyfriend at the time, had to restrain her. And it turned out this woman was a witch. It turned out this woman was into spells, was into the occult. And she was so disturbed by this preacher's preaching of righteousness, temperance and judgment to come that not only did she want to assault him but that she went home and got saved that's pretty rare and that witch that woman in the occult got saved and was able to lead her son and former partner to the lord and they got saved as a result of coming into contact with that preacher it's pretty rare and yet here felix from history doesn't get saved Drewzilla from history doesn't get saved you think why would that be because the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those that perish go back to my account from 9 11 all those years ago and you think to yourself why didn't the lord speak to those apostates those heretics because they are past redemption god's given up on them this generation is wicked people say that our nation is to be blessed or we are to be blessed or we are a blessed nation no we are not a blessed nation anymore we are a cursed nation this nation that i am a part of is drenched in blood blood of aborted babies we've now got same-sex marriage, we've now got apostasy, we've got modern bibles, we've got a weak, pathetic, impotent church. Why is God going to speak through such people to call unsaved people to be saved? The preachers aren't saved, the vicars aren't saved, the preachers are not saved, and if they are, they are heretics, they are past redemption. So the Lord simply remains silent, like when he came into contact with Herod, he remained silent. Did you notice that? And yet when he stands in the presence of Pilate, he has a very brief conversation with him. And the last word that Pilate heard from Christ was seen. But before that, he would say, I came to testify of the truth. And Pilate says in a somewhat glib manner, what is truth? He turns his back on the Lord Jesus Christ and walks out of his presence. And that really was the end of Pontius Pilate, who also, we are told from tradition, never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the truth of the matter. Some people are past redemption. And yet we don't know whether somebody has passed redemption or not. And that's why we should preach to people and pray for people. But here, Paul, a great man of God, has caused Felix, the governor of Judea, Jerusalem, a VIP, to tremble. And therefore he says to Paul, go thy way for this time. Get out of my sight, Paul. You are convicting me. You are disturbing my spirit. And when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He had no interest in hearing the gospel or hearing about Paul preaching about righteousness, temperance and judgment to come because he was bogged down in sin. He was in an adulterous relationship with Drusilla, King Ripper's youngest of three daughters. And yet today's preachers couldn't come anywhere near this. Today's preachers couldn't even cause their cat to tremble or their dog to tremble. And I'm being as honest as I can. It grieves me to have to say this, but it's true. Look at verse 26, please. He hoped also that money should have been given him a pool, that he might loose him. Wherefore he sent for him the offener and communed with him. He's also corrupt. He wants Paul, of all people, to pay him. He wants Paul, of all people, to bribe him. He wants Paul, of all people, to give him money to be released. It just shows you how quickly you can forget what you just heard. He's trembled as a result of the preaching of the gospel. And if you preach the word of God correctly, it has great power. And if you do it through the Holy Spirit, it can really shake a person to their foundation. And yet within one verse, he's gone from trembling to kicking Paul out of his presence, almost reprimanding him, to then saying or hoping, expecting that Paul might give him some money. Remarkable. Verse 27. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Poor Paul, he's been detained for initially 12 days, and now he's going to be detained for two years, because he was a threat to those in authority, not as uh, a rebel rouser, not in the sense of being a terrorist or a freedom fighter, but because the people took heed to his words, the entire Roman Empire would have been converted. On top of that, Ananias from verse 1 and Tertullus from verse 1 would have been out of a job, because Christ is our high priest. We as saved people other are, are the temple of God. We as saved people are a royal priesthood. We as saved people are peculiar people. Which means this that you don't need a priest or a vicar to somehow mediate between you and the Lord. You don't need those people. Christ is our mediator between men and God. So 27 verses from Acts 24, and on the one hand you got Paul detained, having to defend himself in the presence of Ananias, an unsaved Jew, in the presence of Tertullus, an unsaved orator, having to defend himself in the presence of Felix, an unsaved, superstitious, pagan Gentile, and having to give a defense of himself in the presence of Drusilla, a Jewess, an unsaved lady caught up in an adulterous relationship with Felix, the governor of Judea. You've got the world of politics. Intermingling with the world of royalty. Agrippa was a king. Felix was a governor. And yet. The best of the best. Have come into contact with Paul the Apostle. And Paul. Preaches to them. And Paul like the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't get them saved. Because some people are past redemption. And we know this is a heart problem. Not a head problem. And I've spoken about substitution over the last 13 months. And I'll say this very briefly that. When push comes to shove, unless you are insane, unless you are deliberately wanting to avoid the truth or the fact of the matter, you will take a substitute. And if you don't believe me, just wait till you break down the motorway. Somebody pulls over and says, I'll give you my spare tyre. Only a fool will say, no, thank you. I'm going to walk home. Or no, thank you. I'm going to push the car home. Most people say, thank you very much and take a spare tyre from a third party. And here, Paul is preaching to those that are in authority, VIPs, royalty, politicians and the nearest he comes to getting Felix saved is 25 how such a person trembles and instead of embracing the truth he says get out of my way depart from me you are troubling me I love my sin more than I love my savior go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season I will call for thee he had no intention of course of hearing the truth from Paul but what he wanted from Paul was money like those in organized religion today money if those men, if those women weren't paid, you'd never see them. You'd never hear from them. And I've said this over the years, and I'll say it again, that most of the men and women that you see on television, that you hear on the radio, or that you may see in a local street, holding up signs, wouldn't do it. They weren't paid to do it. It's a career you see. And that's why those apostates from the cathedral in Washington didn't preach the truth, because they are apostates. They are there simply to receive money. It's a business. And that's why the Lord didn't speak to them on that occasion. That's why the Lord never speaks to such people. Because A, they aren't his people, and B, the audience is past redemption. And yet, I will say this that Caiaphas uh, gave a word of truth back in John chapter 11 concerning Christ dying for the sins of the world and beyond. Even Nebuchadnezzar, back in Daniel chapter 4, I think it is, spoke the truth concerning the Lord being the God of the whole earth. And that shows you how far we've fallen. That shows you how. How times have changed. You've got Caiaphas preaching to the Jews. And many get saved. You've got Nebuchadnezzar writing about the Lord being the Lord. And perhaps got saved. And yet two, three thousand years on. Well known preachers, pastors, vicars and priests wouldn't dare preach the gospel. And the Lord says that's okay. You're damned. Your congregation is damned. And every so often the truth gets through. Like that lady who got saved some years ago thanks to a local street preacher. Every so often the word of God comes through. Every so often the truth is preached. And sometimes by those that you wouldn't even have thought would do such a thing. And I think when the judgment seat comes around, I think many people are going to be quite surprised how just ordinary people like a school cleaner, a cook, a bus driver were able to do great things for the Lord. And they weren't even known by their communities. And yet preachers, pastors, vicars, well-known VIPs on six, seven-figure salaries I can arrive in eternity with nothing to show for their lives whatsoever. And 27, one final time. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room. And Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. He's complicit with this conspiracy. He too has no interest in Paul. He too has no interest in the Lord God. He too has no interest in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, in spite of all of this, First Corinthians chapter 1, God takes great pleasure in the preaching of, of the gospel, of the preaching of the cross, preaching Christ crucified in ways that we don't quite understand. And I've seen this myself over the years. I've seen people ridicule me, laugh at me. I've seen parents tell their children to ignore me. Don't take a tract from him. And I've seen husbands reprimand their wives for taking a tract from me. I've seen wives walk back to me and put a tract back in my hand and say to me, my husband doesn't want me to have this. And they laugh at me, they laugh at the, uh, the, the cross, they laugh at the lord jesus christ they laugh at the gospel and one day the lord's gonna laugh in their faces so i'm not overly worried about these types of situations because the lord is sovereign and he uses such events for his glory and yet paul 27 verses from acts 24 is attained is able to preach to them and yet no one gets saved as a result of paul's attention and witnessing and yet it's not about them it's not about paul it's about god god gets the glory christ gets the glory the holy ghost gets the glory so push on if you are a street preacher push on if you are an evangelist push on if you are trying to do something for the lord in your town in your city in your country you might not see any fruit but that doesn't mean that the lord isn't greatly rejoicing in what you are doing so there you are 27 verses from month number 13 broadcast number 55 and next week be broadcast number 56 And next week, it'll still be month number 13. And next week, Lord willing, we'll be in Acts chapter 25.